0: Hey, this is Beth Nelson. I serve as the lead pastor at Pray Heights Community Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for listening today. I hope this motivates you, I hope it builds your faith, and helps you connect with Christ and a church family at Prairie Heights. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Pray Heights. It is good to see all of you guys here today. My name is Kyle Nelson, and I am not a pastor. Um... <laughs> I married a pastor, and we've been in this series called uh, Four Walls. Last week we were talking about marriage, and I can tell you truthfully that you will do anything for your wife when you become married. I am living proof of that right now. (laughs) I am super excited to be up here. Uh, I believe God has given me a message to share with you. Um, So yeah, looking forward to sharing what God has on my heart. Um, I am excited, but... I am, I am super nervous. Uh, you see, growing up, uh, I was that kid in elementary school who had to go to another class because he was falling behind on his reading and his writing and his words. And then I get to high school and um, school's just hard. Like, I'm, I'm the last one to be done with the schoolwork. I'm, I'm constantly calling my friends, asking for help. And uh, yeah, learning was hard, school was hard, words were hard. And then I get to college, and I nearly failed my speech class. I think my speech teacher would fall over dead seeing me up here right now. Um, and then, and then I, I got my very first English paper. I'm, man, I worked hard on that paper. You know, I didn't dilly dally, I got right after it. And, and then I handed it in, and it comes back to me. And it is covered in red marks from my teacher, and on the top, He's written in big red letters, you have serious writing problems. So today you get to hear a message from a guy that just about failed speech class and his teacher told him you have serious writing problems, but um, I really do believe God uh, works in crazy and mysterious ways. And as much as I can say that today truly feels like walking up to a ledge, I feel like God has faithfully brought me to a place where I'm at this ledge and he's asking me to take a step off. I don't know why, He's asked me to do this. I don't know what the results of this will be. But I know for a fact um, that God has asked me to come up here. He's been preparing me uh, for this moment for a long time. Um, I, can, I can look back and see how he's been um, stirring things inside of me and building things inside of me. And then when Beth said, hey, Kyle, do you want to get up there and talk for the very first time? I knew I wasn't saying yes or no to Beth. I knew that I was saying yes or no to God. So looking back through life with all of the school and things, I got this label that said, Kyle, you should just keep to yourself. You should just keep your words to yourself. You're not a talker. You should just keep to the background and do what you're good at. That was my identity. That's who I believed I was. But when I got this Bible right here, I started reading it, God began to chip away at those worldly labels. He began to give me a new identity, an identity who he said I was in his eyes. I love this Bible so much. It's it's, uh, been everything for me. Um, We've been talking about in this series what it looks like to build a strong foundation on Jesus Christ. And I can truly tell you that this Bible has been that for me. It has been the place where I have found my foundation on Jesus Christ. And this is a week. Uh, this is Guys Week. I'm, ex- I'm excited. It is Guys Week. Uh, I am a guy. I've written this message for guys, but uh, I know how God moves. And I know that uh, one word is all it takes for, some, for him to move in your life. So um, tune in, and, and we'll see what God has for all of us. But uh, I want you guys all Specifically, guys, I want you guys to find what I have found, and that starts with building a foundation on Jesus Christ. So at Next Steps, we have um, this exact Bible. It's called an Every Man's Bible. Uh, it's available there for $50, and I truly believe that that is the best investment you could ever make. Um, I want you to have what I have, what I have found, and I have found it in this Bible. But you must own it, and you've got to do it yourself. So... We've made those available for you guys. Um, I hope they they all get sold out. Um, So, yeah, as I think about what God wanted me to share for for you guys for this message, I wanted to come up with a visual picture of what it looks like for a person to take a stand between good and evil. So, I got a video clip here to take a look at. Go ahead, take a peek. Yeah, I love Lord of the Rings and I love that scene. And I love that, that picture that we get. You see the Lord of the Rings, uh, these, these guys, this fellowship of the Lord of the Rings were on their way, on this journey when they were forced to take some dark passages. In the dark passages, in these unexpected dark passages they were, that they were taking, they come across the demon from the deep. And Gandalf takes his stand on the bridge between his friends and between the demon. And I love that picture. I think that sets up our verse today really, really well. You might not notice it right away, but once I start unpacking it, I think you'll make the connection. Uh, Today's verse is found in Psalm 23. Uh, The Psalms are a collection of songs, hymns, laments, prayers, and praises. Uh, The Psalms are written by a number of different authors. But Psalm 23, in particular, is written by King David. Uh, it's most likely written towards the end of his kingship with a reflective and nostalgic tone recalling the events of his life. Psalm 23, 1-4 through four says, The Lord is my shepherd, my lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul Guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. In 2023, we aren't fam- as familiar with shepherding uh, as they were in Bible times. Uh, in Bible times, shepherding uh, was a well-known thing. Well, and uh, throughout. As shepherds brought their sheep out, of the, out, of, uh, out into the wilderness, away from cities and buildings, um, away from the safety of lights and sounds, they would be out in the wilderness all alone, just the shepherd and the sheep. So what the shepherd would do by the end of the day is what he would do. He would, he would lead them, lead his sheep to a natural place of protection. He would find something in the wilderness, um, cro- uh, cliffs or rocks or a cave even, and when it got night, uh, the shepherd would put the sheep inside this cave. And then, much like Gandalf did on the bridge, the shepherd would lay down in that natural doorway, or he would take a stand in that doorway between his sheep and the thieves and the robbers or whatever else was, was in uh, the dark of the night. I love the context and the perspective of knowing that King David wrote that psalm from a place of wisdom, uh, from a place of of aged wisdom. Uh, I can see David sitting in his chair. I can see him sitting in his God spot, reflecting on his life. I can see him looking back at the events of his life when he himself was a shepherd. And those events as a shepherd, his life as a shepherd, and how it led him to the moment when he fought at Goliath. And he can look back and he can see how God the shepherd was shepherding him. I can see him looking back and reflecting about how God was there with him when he was on the run from his life, for his life from Saul. And how God, in the midst of these valleys, was caring for his heart and his soul. I know I can look back on my life, uh, my younger, dumber days, and Without a shadow of a doubt, I know that that God was there watching over me and protecting me. I can look back at some of those valleys, and I can see how God was bringing people in my life. And I can look back and see the events of my life. And I can see how God, the good shepherd, has been leading me and guiding me the whole time. And I think that's such a wonderful, vivid picture, and it's such a good reminder that God is with us. He is for us, and he is guiding us and leading us. And much like um, David was looking back on his life, we can understand what it looks like to be a shepherd and a builder. We can learn a lot of good things. At the heart of every shepherd is a caretaker, caretaker of land, animals, plants, and even people. So today I want to talk about what it looks like to be a man who is a shepherd, who is a caretaker, who builds up and protects his wife. When we take a look back at the, at the verses from Psalm 23, we see many good things. We learn a lot of good things about what it looks like to to build and protect and create a place of safety. It was obviously the shepherd's role to guide his sheep to a place of safety, to take them to pastures and water. And um, Because we are created in God's image, I want to connect the dots between God the shepherd and us, guys, the shepherd. So as the shepherd would take the sheep to places of safety, Guys, it is our role, it is our privilege and honor to create a space where our wives feel safe. Men, there should be no other place than in your home where your wife feels more safe. Men, there should be no other person with whom your wife feels more safe. Yes, a part of shepherding was creating a Physical place of safety, but it goes much, much beyond that. In John 10 27, we read, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me, they know my voice, and I know them. This verse demonstrates a deeper level of safety, a deeper level of knowing. I can remember back to the days of playing basketball. I, could, I was in a gym crowded with hundreds of people. Never mattered how loud it got or how many people were screaming, I could always only ever hear two people my dad and my coach. See, their voice was familiar to me. I knew their voice, I could pick it out in the crowd. As a farmer, I can pull into a field 80 acres big, and I know exactly. I know exactly where that one trouble rock is. I know exactly where the drains are. I know where that wet hole is that I gotta go around when I'm planting. I know where the good soil is, where the poor soil is. And that's the, the deeper type of knowing and understanding that is described in John ten twenty seven. It's a deep and intimate knowing that goes far beyond the physical attributes It's taken me a long time and a lot of help to grow in this area of knowing uh, my wife, and I am still on that journey, learning to see her heart, being attuned to her, how she's feeling. You see, the more I know her, the deeper I can know her, the more attuned I become to how she's feeling, the better I can protect her. The more I can understand her fears, her anxiety, and what's causing her unrest. It's one thing to protect her physically, but it's a whole nother thing to provide her soul a place of safety. And I can tell you since the beginning of time, guys, it is woven into the fabric of who we are. It's woven into our DNA to be shepherds, caretakers, builders, and protectors. As many of you know, I am a farmer, but I went to school at MSUM. I got a degree in physical education and exercise science, and um, so I went home to farm right after college, and uh, when I would be done farming, kind of the winter months, I would come back to Fargo and do some substitute teaching. And I was always excited when I got a PE job, but sometimes I would come into the PE job, and I would see a note on the desk that said, hey, my kid got sick, I had to leave last minute, I don't have any plans and I don't have any notes, good luck. All right, bell's gonna ring in about 30 seconds. So here we go. Well, if it was PE, you know, gym was my jam, and I, I love that. So I had a golden hit, home run kind of a game in my back pocket. It was called Builders and Bulldozers. I would, I would number the kids off, ones and twos, ones and twos, ones. You guys are bulldozers. It is your job to knock. I'd set up cones, set up cones all over the gym set up cones all over the gym. I'd say, ones, you guys are bulldozers. It is your job to knock over the cones as fast as you can. This is very important. You guys, you've got to knock them over. You've got to run as fast as you can. You've got to knock them over. It's your job to knock them over. Uh, twos, you guys are builders. It is your job to set them up faster. You've got to set them up faster than the bulldozers. It's, your, it's very important. And these kids at the elementary age, would just they would buy into their job, and they'd be so ready to do this. And... You know, I'd blow the whistle, and they would go at it, and it is the coolest thing ever at the elementary age level to watch this you know, uh, this game take place. They just go at it. Well, on one particular day, two kids came up to me. One was crying, and the other one had that I'm innocent look on his face. Uh, the crying boy said, T- Tim keeps knocking down my cone, and he won't leave, and as soon as... As soon as I set it up, he knocks it over again. Oh, you know, I wish I could go back in time and uh, give that boy a big hug and a life lesson. Just tell him that's how life is going to be. But instead, I said those magic P.E. words, Switch! <laughs> builders became bulldozers, and bulldozers became builders. And I saw an evil look. Come across the crying boy's face, and he turned to Tim and he said, My turn. (laughs) It's a funny, funny story, but um, how true. Life is filled with far more people who are bulldozers than they are builders. So, guys, what does it look like to be a builder? I want to give you guys four practical ways in which you can build and protect your wives. Number one, protect her heart by building her confidence. Through doubt and failure and fear, the world continually sends one message to your wives you're not enough, you don't have what it takes. You see how you messed up there? See how you screwed up there? You don't have what it takes. You're not good enough. There are numerous psychological studies that say the brain believes what it hears if it's heard enough times. Just like walking the path in the grass a thousand times creates a line or a path in the grass, your brain hears the messages that are repeated time and time again. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Guys, your tongue has the power of life and death in your marriage. Your wife knows your voice. She should find safety and protection in your voice. It's your voice above all others that should be the one that she hears. Your voice should be the one that stands out among the crowd and noise. Your voice should be the one reassuring her, calming her, and building her up. You should tell her every day how much she means to you, that she has a purpose by God, for God, by God, given by God. You should tell her you believe in her. This type of heartfelt communication, this cultivating of a deep relationship, this knowing of her, this cultivating of knowing, answers some very, very important questions for her. It'll answer the question, do you love me? Do you think I'm beautiful? Are you in this with me? Your words, guys, carry a lot of weight. Your words create the worlds that your loved ones live in. And just like building a wall, one brick at a time, I believe you'll be amazed at the person your wife will become if you continually build her up. Make that change in your heart to be a builder to every day with words of faith, strength, and trust to build her up. And like I said, I believe you will be truly amazed at the person that she becomes. So protect her heart by building her confidence. Number two, protect her future by building her dreams. God has placed inside of all of us seeds of dreams of amazing and wonder. Beautiful, beautiful things that can only come to life if you step into those dreams boldly by watering and working them. We need to be dream catchers, not dream crushers. Your wife has ideas and dreams placed there by God for good. You might not understand them, you might think they're crazy, but if they're from God, they're good, and it is your job to protect them and build them up. If you're anything like me, and I'm sure you are, you've got these dreams in your heart too. I have dreams for my farm, and quite honestly, I had them tucked away for a long time. I didn't share them with anyone until probably just recently, as Beth and I began to foster that knowing, that 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 place of safety within each of us, I began to share some of the things that were in my heart. We began began to be champions of each other's dreams. We began to be dream catchers for each other. And as a farmer, there are um, a lot of seeds that I plant on my farm, and I care about each and every one of them germinating. But there are... A few seeds in the spiritual world that mean the world to me. God has indeed placed wonderful, big dreams inside of my wife's heart. And it is my honor and my privilege to be able to water those seeds. Beth, I will do everything I know to make sure each one of those seeds comes to life, I will use every farming bone in my body to make sure that they come to life, put down roots and produce fruit for many generations to come. Guys, we need to be dream catchers, not dream crushers. Number three. Protect your marriage by building your character. Luke 6, 43 through 45. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Your voice, your light, the goodness within your heart or the lack thereof will indeed come out of you. Grow your character, grow in heart and your house will follow. Have you ever heard the saying, when the cat is away, the mice will play? Well, I, a couple weekends ago at a retreat, heard the opposite of that. This is so good. I love this, and it's so true. When the shepherd settles in, the sheep settle down. When the shepherd settles in, the sheep settle down. Just like I know my land, just like a shepherd knows his sheep, the sheep can also also sense the heart of their shepherd. That goodness inside of you comes out. The fruit inside of you, your heart will come out. It does come out. And the people that eat of that are the people in your house, your wife and your kids. If your house feels unsettled, it may be a character issue. It might be a heart issue. My son Ian, who's in second grade, uh, has some homework that he has to do. He has some work in school that he does. He has this journal that he writes in. The journal has some questions and he is to answer the question. And this last week, he brought his journal home and I got to read it, and I love his little journal. It's such a window into his heart and who he is. Um, And one one of the questions on one of the pages really, really stood out to me. He was asked to write who he admires and why. It says, I vote for my dad because he keeps my house safe and very nice. One thing Beth and I have noticed is that when I'm gone, when it's harvest season and I'm distracted or just not there, my son's little heart suffers. His attitude changes. And it's a direct result of me not being there. It's a direct result of my heart. I'm so proud, my, dad, my dad's heart is so proud that my son would notice that I'm trying to keep his house safe, create a place of safety for him. But it also convicts me to the heart because how well I do, how well I take care of my heart determines people in my house's house's heart as well. I don't know what it looks like for you to allow God to lead you to safe pastures, to quiet waters, to places to refresh your soul, but it is absolutely imperative and important for you to do this. If you are going to shepherd your house well, you must learn and allow God to lead you well. I don't know what this looks like for you, but for me, I love being out in nature I love being by the lake and I love being on my motorcycle. Some of the best talks I have with Jesus happen on my motorcycle. So whatever it is, however you do it, you must find a way to go to that quiet place with Jesus and allow him to take care of your heart. For all that you do, for how well you take care of your heart determines how well your sheep settle down So protect your marriage by building your character and allow your heart to grow. Number four, build your marital bond by protecting her in the tempting times. Whether you realize it or not, we are all engaged in spiritual warfare and you must learn to see these times and you must learn to fight in this war. In the beginning of Genesis, we read the account of the fall. It's the moment where the perfect paradise we were living in ended. It's the moment our perfect relationship with God Himself ended. The devil, the serpent, came up to Eve and said, Did God really say you weren't supposed to eat of this? Did He really say, Did He really say you weren't supposed to eat of all the fruit? You see, the devil's voice became the loudest and most convincing. Eve was most likely scared and confused. Where was Adam? Where was Adam? Genesis 3 6, we read. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her. He was right there, standing by her side, silent. Guys, what you say or do not say has an incredible impact on your marriage. Early on in my marriage, as I've told you, I just always struggled with words. I really struggled to get the things inside of my heart out. So when we'd get in fights, when we'd get into those tense moments, those thin ice feeling moments, I didn't know what to say. I just stayed silent. And the worst part of it is, I clearly identified those moments as spiritual warfare in my marriage. But I stayed silent. I would disengage, I would back away, I would shrug it off and never come back to it. I remained silent. Guys, we can't do that anymore. We must find our voice. God has created in us something, someone, the shepherding, the strength of a shepherd where we need to step up, we need to stand in that gap between good and evil. You can no longer stay silent when, when you're in your homes. Your wife needs you to be a spiritual leader, to lead her, to guide her. See, I starved breath of connection and choked our marriage by not investing into our communication. By not realizing and engaging in the spiritual warfare, I became distant and distracted. Men, we must not drift away. It is our job to step into the gap with strength and power. It is our job to stand between good and evil. moments where you don't know what to say we can't stay in the background we can no longer stay silent we must rise up and take our stand as the shepherd of our family when the demon from the deep comes to attack we must plant our staff in the ground and say those famous words you shall not pass when the wolf comes in the night we must rise up when the serpent sneaks in and starts telling lies, we must find our voice. We must no longer stay silent. We must stand our spiritual ground. We must allow God to forge our character and integrity through fires and valleys. Matthew 11:12 says, and from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. That is spiritual warfare. Throughout the history of Christianity, our faith and beliefs have been under attack. Violent people, evil-minded people have been trying to plant seeds of doubt in our heart. They have tried to crack the foundation of our relationship on which we stand in order to combat this. One of the things Christians have done is to write statements of faith or creeds. Listen now to the Shepherd's Creed and be reminded of who God created you to be. I am appointed and chosen as a shepherd by the Creator's own hand, bearing His image, to care for the sheep of this world. I will remain steadfast, diligent and watchful, guarding against all types of evil. I will leave the 99 to search for the lost. I will not abandon even one, regardless of the threat. I will seek and search until all are gathered again. With ready hands I will guide. With strong hands i will carry with time and tender heart i will know all that i care for i will search for and seek safe pastures but when my love is caught in the clutches of the enemy i will not hesitate to defend with my rod and staff in the dark of night i will stand in the doorway between good and evil not under compulsion but willingly i lay down my life for those i love with integrity of heart i will shepherd the flock according to the will of god the chief shepherd for i I'm a shepherd, and a good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Men, men, in one hand, as a shepherd, you have the power to kill a wolf. In the other hand, you have the gentleness to care for the meekest and most mild that dichotomy of strength is something that takes true wisdom and understanding in order to yield properly. The only way, the only way to do that is to kneel before God, the Good Shepherd. When you surrender to God, when you begin forming your foundation on Him, He will lead you and guide you And show you the way. We must learn to stand. We must learn to rise up. We can no longer stay silent. Just like the Good Shepherd in Psalm 23, just like Gandalf, you must choose your place to engage spiritually in this world or to step aside. Guys, I told you at the beginning that today felt a lot like getting to a ledge, a big cliff, and God asked me to jump off. I just ran into somebody this other day, and I was talking about how I was going to be talking. Actually, Beth told him, I didn't want to bring it up. (laughs) And the person was like, I remember you at the beginning when you first came to pray Heights. You were so shy and timid, and I was like, "You're absolutely right." But as I began finding out who God says I am, God began to change me. So if I can get up here and talk, I believe with all my heart that God has some incredible things for you to do in this world. It's who you're created to be. You were meant to be a builder and a protector and a caretaker. I know this with all my heart. So I pray that God would bless you and equip you, give you the strength and the faith that you need to stand in the gap. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being in it with me. God bless. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening. A special thanks to those of you who give generously to Prairie Heights. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit prairieheights.com give for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, or even take a screenshot and share it on your social media and tag us at Prairie Heights. Thank you for listening.